Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Couple XY podcast. I'm Rosie. And I'm Brian. And this is the podcast where we drink and talk about stuff. Yes, we do. And for all of our listeners out there, please like and review the podcast, share it with a friend. It really does help us out. And if you have anything to, if you want to talk to us about anything or suggest any uh, any topics we should talk about, you can email us at couplexypodcast at gmail.com mm-hmm. or message us uh, on our Facebook page at couplexypodcast. All right. And become a fan of that, too. Yes, please like and subscribe and do all the things. It does help us out. All right, so now that that's out of the way, how was your week? Week was good. Yes, it was It was good. It was a little stressful, but it was good. Um, today, we went and test drove a car. Yeah, you, you are ready for a new car after 11 years. Yes. <laughs> uh, you are such a rookie. Mine's going on 14. Yeah. Oh my god! I'm 2009. You're 2011. 2012. 12. Yeah, we yeah. we definitely roll our cars for a very long time. Yeah, but mine has done really well. My sweet little 2012 Kia Rio. She has done very well for herself. Hey man, mine's mine's tracked a lot of miles, and it's it's a little worse for wear, and might have some zip ties holding things together. But <laughs> man, that truck will roll. <laughs> just this, just a couple zip ties. Just a couple zip ties and an oil leak or two. <laughs> Somebody's like, well, when you have to fix your oil leak, we're like, whoa, 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 we don't fix oil leaks. We just put more oil in it. <laughs> what, like, would it cost a bunch to fix it, or why don't you fix it? It'd be kind of probably a pain in the butt. I mean, I, I'm just, I don't know. I guess I could. I mean, I guess it'd be a good thing to do one day is to learn how to fix that. I think it's probably a seal. Um, but if it's like the rear main on it, which is usually what ends up going out, like the rear main seal, you got to drop the transmission and do a bunch of work, so it gets kind of expensive. Okay. Those are a lot of words that mean nothing to me. Yeah. Uh, those words you said were English, but in the order you said them in, I don't understand them. <laughs> <laughs> but you you did good. Um, now we are in the process of beginning to actually look at purchasing a new car, so it is time to um, get our negotiation hats on. Yep. Um, do you think that's a lost art, the art of negotiation between the, like, do, does your generation, do you think, are y'all less likely to negotiate? Um, my generation, no. Uh, Gen Z, I think yes. Um, but I don't know, Gen Z could surprise me. But I think language, like the art of language is starting to die a little bit. Mm. Like we're we're so into texting and you know, um, <clears throat> abbreviated speech and all that, that, yeah, I think the art of just having, the art of conversation is dying a little bit. Okay. So I think along with conversation goes negotiation. I don't know if, if like, you, like you bought your last car at CarMax? At CarMax in 2014, I believe. And so that kind of place is like, we have no room for negotiation. Right. You don't negotiate at CarMax, the, ta- the sticker price is the sticker price. Mm-hmm. Um, which is, I guess it'd be, it's nice in some ways and also difficult, you know, infuriating in other ways. Um, but I was, the last time I bought a car, the only time I bought a car, (laughs) I've only had two cars in my life and I'm almost 33. So it's interesting. It's, it's a feat. I'm I'm in my forties and have had four. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I know a lot of people who have had many, many more cars than that. And I've only bought two. So, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, what was I saying? Oh. Oh, yeah. I, um, yeah, it was when I, when I bought the car, I was desperate mm-hmm. because my other car was breaking down. Like, she broke down at the dealership and wouldn't start back up. Yeah. So, I got $300 for the trade-in. 
because <laughs> the transmission went out. Um, so, the yeah, I would just... Transmission doesn't make it start. Something went out. Okay. <laughs> I was Just so nobody will ever, like, like hammer us and be like, Transition, transmissions don't make cars start. Engines make them start. Transmissions make them go. Okay. Something... Yeah, okay. It just wouldn't start. I don't and, know what it was. you don't know what it was. You, you I don't just, know what You it turned was. the key and it didn't turn on. Yeah. Okay. The guy at the... Like, it broke down as soon as I got in the parking lot in the dealership, and the guy, I think, tried to turn it on, and it just wouldn't go. Hmm. So, <laughs> um, they at least gave me some money for it. Um, but yeah, my last car was twelve grand, and I didn't have a choice, really. So, I didn't care about not negotiating. I just needed a new car. Yeah. But now it's different. Like, we're comfortable. We're in a good place, monet- you know, in monetarily, monetary-wise. And I can take my time and actually get a good, a new, a good car. Mm-hmm. So. So we're going to be doing that over the next couple of weeks. And that'll be kind of our, our project. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you sat in the forerunner. You didn't really like the feel of that big it's thing. It's huge. Yeah, it's too much. And so you sat, you drove a RAV4 and it was, uh, you... I liked it. You enjoyed the car, but you won't. We're gonna test drive some other stuff. Let yeah. you let you get some feels, and then we'll start worrying about money. Mm-hmm. Right. All right. So um, today, um, you don't have a segue. I was gonna go with monies, and then I was gonna be like money, 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 <laughs> money, and we can go ahead and see talk about music. We're gonna talk about music we're specifically. Ta- I don't know if we have a specific. Like, go ahead. I thought we were gonna argue about which. Which of our generation's music was better? I think we are. I think we're going to do that, and we're going to kind of touch on what, like, I, I think it's interesting to look at what's going to become classic. What's what's the new classic? Like, what is the new song that twenty years down the road you still go, you're still going to listen to? Right. So, and do you think it changes? Do you think like this? It, it, this is. Let's start a timer. You start a timer. Nope. Okay. Can talk while I'm starting. Yeah, a timer. We, well, okay. <laughs> I, I don't know. I got sidetracked on that. It was dead air. Yep. Uh, but we can look at like, like the songs that we know as as, and you don't know if a song at the time is going to be classic. You right. don't even really know what makes a classic. It just goes to classic, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because with music, it's kind of like, it's kind of like a lot of things with culture or. Um, even think about the internet or something like that. There's always more created. There's always a new thing created. So right. there's never you don't really discard. Mm-hmm. You don't run out of new music, right? Anymore. But like, if you have a like, when you were growing up in the '90s, mm-hmm. did y'all have a classic radio station? Did your dad like listen to classic radio in the car yeah, or something um, like that? There was a Golden Oldies station, mm-hmm. and my dad listened to the, like the the old country oldies mm-hmm. um, station. Um, it's really funny to see, to hear, like, the differences in classic radio now versus when I was a kid. Because mm-hmm. classic radio when I was a kid was, like, 50s, 60s, like, Motown and... Um, uh, well, I think that's a, there's a huge demarcation between the 50s and 60s. Yeah. I think when you're in the 50s, and I don't know, I'm not... I've never done enough research to know what the music of the 50s was like. I can't... But I know the music of the 60s because it's... It's iconic. Mm-hmm. It's the Beatles. Yeah, the beginning of the Beatles. And and then, like, you, in the, the 50s, I guess you had Elvis in the 50s? Yeah, you had Elvis in the 50s. You had a lot of, um, 
That was like the old school boy bands. You had um, the Beach Boys, the Beach Boys, and uh, was that was that fifties or sixties? I think it was both. Okay, I don't know. It, I I will I would look it up. I don't know music of the fifties. I don't know. It's it's no big deal. It is not. Uh, yeah, I was trying to think of Freddie somebody and the oh what's the name of that band? Um, the guy that had a really great. Really great high range. Oh, Frank Sinatra. What? I think of that more as that fifties feel. Yeah, but yeah, the guy that sang the um, Rat Pack, you know. Yeah, the Rat Pack, and the, the guy that sang um, Unchained Melody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Frankie Valley. Yes. Yeah. And then um, I don't know. When I think of fifty, I think of like um, you remember like at the end of like Finding Nemo, you got the song like Beneath the Sea. Yeah. You know somewhere. That, yeah. So that's like that's to me. I have no idea what that song is or when it's made. But it I just, have no idea when it was made. It, it just feels like that fifties era to me. You know, it does yeah. You did that kind of big it's yacht band, rock. You big know, band yacht rock. Yacht rock. You got a bunch of people there. You know, it's, it's Saturday night and like Boomer's parents are at the dance. You know, <laughs> the sock hop or whatever. Yeah, the sock hop. So, but then you get into the sixties and the the music becomes a lot different. You know, you got the the Beatles. Um, I guess they come out of the 50s into the 60s, and then uh, Elvis is into the 60s. Um, you have, I think, a lot edgier music in the 60s. You have a lot of anti-war music in the 60s. Oh, yeah, there's so many iconic iconic people in the 60s. You got Janis Joplin. You and what, 69 is Woodstock? Yeah, 69 was Woodstock, and uh, was Jimi Hendrix more 70s? Or? I, I want to say he was in the 60s. Yeah. And then you got the 70s, and the 70s to me is Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin. And disco. And very late. <laughs> very late? Yeah. To, but that's, you like disco. You are a Bee Gees fan. I, yeah, that's the thing. I don't know if I like the Bee Gees or if I'm just so familiar with the Bee Gees because that's my mom's favorite band mm-hmm. and I listened to it nonstop throughout my entire childhood. See, my mom liked Motown. So I was listening. She also liked Motown. That's what she listened to in the car. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, at home, like when we were playing, like, when we still lived in Louisiana before we moved up to Missouri, um, when we were playing pool, we would listen to the Bee Gees on her record player because <laughs> I was raised by boomers. <laughs> um, yeah, so I don't, I guess I, I know every song and I know every song by heart and I know like the name of every song too. So yeah, I guess you can argue that I like the Bee Gees. <laughs> that was a long answer. So I think that you did more of the... The 70s, and the 70s did have disco in it. Right. But I don't think it was, like, a big part of most of the 70s. I think it was very late 70s. I think it was mid to late 70s. And then, like, when 1980 hit around, there was the uh, the murder of disco. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was also the birth of MTV. In the 80s? I think it was, uh, like, the first day of the 80s. You can I look it up real quick. it was in quick. the 90s. Okay, so. Ah, it was in the 80s. So we have, um, so... In the 80s, the 80s music is kind of weird because a lot of, like... MTV started August 1st of 1981. So. so you, in the 80s, what do you think of the music as? I think of, oh, um, I do think of hair metal bands. Hair metal, man. You got to go hair metal, number one. Poison. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of, uh, of ACDC and um, uh, what's it called? Um, the start of Madonna. The start of Madonna. And you have 
um, Whitney Houston in there. Mm-hmm. Um, you have rap Aerosmith. I think Aerosmith is an yeah, 80s Aerosmith. band. Yeah, Aerosmith. Even though they were in the, started in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, what's uh, that other one, the other one that I'm trying to think of? All, all I can see is they have roses on their band shirt. Guns and Roses? Guns and Roses, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was like, it's something Roses. <laughs> Guns and Roses, amazing, loved them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a that's really a late 80s band to me. Late mm-hmm. 80s into the early, early 90s. Okay. And um, Kiss is another one that I think has a lot of 80s feel to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, the 80s. It's so interesting how different and how definitive the music was between the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s. And then you hit the 90s. Yeah, the 90s, I guess, is, is iconic in its own right. You, What do you think of? Um, I mean, you were born in 1990. I was born in 1990. I came of age in the 90s, mm-hmm. so the 90s is my music. Yeah. And the, the hill I die on mm-hmm. is that my music is better than anyone else's music. Right. Because <laughs> that's what hill everyone was going to die on. Um, the 90s to me, like... Unfortunately, I was a kid growing up, so I didn't, I couldn't really control like what I listened to most of the time, mm-hmm. like at school and stuff. So, the Marcarena was a big part of my childhood, and the oh. stupid Marcarena dance was a very, really big part of my childhood. Okay. Um, my mom listened to a lot of Celine Dion. Uh, my heart will go on. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So that was that was a very prevalent thing. Um, Cher made her little comeback. Yeah, yeah. In the yeah, late was- in the late nineties, early two thousands. You know. Respect for Cher. Yeah, respect. I, I do, uh, as, I don't mind her. No. I, I, I really don't hate her. I don't, I, I if a Cher song, song comes on and we're like dancing, I'll be out there dancing still. Yeah, she's great. You know? Mm-hmm. I can, she's just. I'll be out there. I You can go with like, I can believe in life after love. I'll mm-hmm. be out there with it, you know? Yeah, she's, there, there's a definite distinction between her 70s and 80s music versus her 90s to 2000s music. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was, she's always on the cusp of different decades, I think. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, her, um, Whitney Houston was big in the 90s. Oh, yeah, huge, huge, huge. Um, her doing the Super Bowl. Uh, oh, she did the Super Bowl. Yeah, like she, I think the – She sang year, the National Anthem. The National Anthem. Oh, yeah, her rendition is like one of the, the greats. I bet it's amazing, yeah. And um, – it was, I think, the year that they had, um, we, we were, uh, the Gulf War was going on. Mm. So there was a huge, like, thing about that. Lots of patri- patriotism during that time? Yes. Um, I have a, a list of top songs that came out each from each year. Mm-hmm. And the one that, the top pop song um, that came out in 1990 was Hold On by Wilson Phillips. Right. But now we've, this, this idea came about because the other day we were having a... Um, I was watching a TikTok, and it was mm-hmm. the best song of every year, and I don't remember who did it. But they actually had from 1990 was um, Nothing Compares. Yes, Nothing Compares to You by uh, Sinead O'Connor. Sinead O'Connor, which I think is a superior song. Oh, yeah. So your your list is a little bit of... I think these are like the top char- the top charts. Yeah. Not like the 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 top song that like that's an opinion piece. Mm-hmm. I think the TikTok was probably an opinion piece. Probably. Um. So, yeah, and... Because uh, I think I can remember Hold On, but, like, off the top of my head, I can't think of it too much. Yeah. I also have the top hip-hop and country songs. you want to hear those? Yeah, you can, but I think it's going to be a little bit lost on us. Okay. Well, it's actually really funny, because in 1990, it was Hold On by Wilson Phillips for the top pop song, and then it was 
Hold, hold On by In Vogue for the top hip-hop song. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the top country song is Nobody's Home by Clint Black. Yeah, I know. You know it. that one? Okay. I'll know, like, probably. You'll know the country songs I'll, of the 90s. I'll actually know a lot of the country songs more than, than like, you would. Because mm-hmm. I did listen to country back then. I don't listen to new country. So yeah, I want to say new country sucks to me. Yeah. Um, any country after, like, 1995 pretty much sucks. Uh, so that, that's my opinion on it. If y'all want to, like, argue about that, we can do that. I will say I have respect for Chris Stapleton and Sturgill Simpson. Okay. Do you know of them? I don't. Okay. Um, I know Chris Stapleton. Okay. Sturgill Simpson is is very entertaining. Uh, and I've, I've listened to And he has to a very distinct, like, old-fashioned, like, um So it's almost like you, the people sound. you like are the ones who are throwing back to, like, old-school country. Yes. Not the stadium... No, not bubble the, rock or whatever. What do we call that? We call that the the bro country. Yeah, yeah, not the bro country. Okay. All right. So, a couple of things we're going to talk about here is um, who. Okay, so between us, which of our what year what music is better? So yours or mine? Right. So let's get <laughs> after it. You, I'm going to say the '90s kicked ass. Okay. I'm going to say the. The 2000s to 2010 was pretty awesome. Pretty awesome. All right. So, first thing I got coming out of the gate, guns a blazing, Nirvana smells like teen spirit. Right. Nirvana. Tell me it's not iconic. Of course it's iconic. Absolutely. Um, the, 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 that was one of the first unplugged series that MTV did. Oh, yeah, yeah. uh, um, That's what blew them up so hard. So Mm -hmm. much harder was, like, MTV Unplugged. And that's another thing. MTV in the 90s was was so much better. Right. So it drove the music. Mm -hmm. It helped drive it. Like, especially the early 90s. Right. By the late 90s, we're actually transitioning to TRL, just doing, like, clips of music, not actually ever showing whole music videos. But early 90s, we had really good music. And even at the late 90s, like, you still had times where MTV would show, like, just regular videos. Um, but early 90s, you have you have the ending of the hair bands from, like, the 80s. You have the transitional band between these two, which is, is um, Guns N' Roses. Okay. And, like, November Rain. Mm-mm, no idea. Okay, we'll have to listen to it. Um, uh, off air. Off air. We, we don't have the money to pay for it. No. <laughs> we don't want to get sued or muted or whatever. Whatever. Yeah. So that's a, um, that's a you know, Guns N' Roses was that band that transitioned for me from the 80s to the 90s. And then you have grunge come out. Mm-hmm. Grunge is an entirely yes, that's new a thing. Whole, yeah. Top grunge bands. Um, can't think can't think of one Pearl right Jam. Now. Yeah, th- yeah, Pearl Jam. What am I talking about? Yeah, of course, Pearl Jam. Um, what were the guys that sang that mm, song? Um, Crash Test Dummies. Yeah. <laughs> so bands like that. Mm-hmm. Um, when did Green Day start? They were in the nineties, but yeah. it was uh, that was the revival of punk, which was a little bit coming out of the the heavy grunge. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, uh, let's see. And then, if we want to talk, do you want to talk about pop at all in the nineties? We can, uh, like, uh, like, 
Okay, I mean, I'm not a 90s, huge Britney Spears right, fan. 90s pop is iconic. We mm-hmm. can that can be argued for sure. It was it good? That's also arguable. I mean, it's <laughs> it's the end of the 90s mm-hmm. is where you really get into the the pop era. I think the, the right. beginning of the 90s to me was so grunge. Your mid 90s is a kind of a, a, a almost a lost area, um, but you do come out with really good music around there. 1997, I think, had Push by Matchbox 20. Had um, uh, The Verb came out. Mm-hmm. Um, you had, um, um, oh, um, Brick. Um, uh, oh, you had um, Bush. Oh, oh, how did I forget Bush? Yeah. Um, just a, Yeah, Bush was that kind of, and Rage. Mm-hmm. Rage Against the Machine. Rage Against the Machine. Yeah. So, I mean, the... Great bands. Some were political, some weren't. Mm-hmm. Uh, but all in all, I, it's just a beautiful time for to uh, music for me. So yeah, what do you got for alternative and rock? It's a really great time. Um, so the nineties. <laughs> so uh, we had in ninety four. We had Ace of Base. Um, top Dude, song. I will. I will like sing. I saw the sign. Yes, the top song of ninety four was the sign by Ace of Base. Yeah, because I'm sure it was everywhere. I, I will sing it to this <laughs> day. It is, that is definitely a classic. Um, whether or not it's good, debatable. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I think we can, okay, good is, is your opinion. Right. Uh, but, like, do they still play it? Right. Is it still on the radio? Yeah. Yes. It's on the radio every day. Okay. So it's on the classic radio every day. So it made it. Yeah. It, it made the cut. It did. Um, let's see. Uh, 93 was I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston, of course. I mean... Tell me that is not a beautiful song. It's beautiful, yeah. And she, she that's a cover. It's a cover, yeah, which is, I just recently found that out mm-hmm. since we've been together, actually, and that's just mind-blowing that it was written by Dolly Parton. Yeah. Just very interesting. It, um, and it's 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 funny, and this is kind of, it, it is musically related, but it's not really in our discussion. Has there That is one of those songs where the cover is superior to the original. Mm-hmm. You, we could do a whole episode about that. It, it's, it'd be a little harder, but... Yeah. Um, but there are covers that are definitely better than the originals. Oh, you, you you heard what Trent Reznor said about, like, Johnny Cash's cover of Hurt. Yeah, like it's no longer his song. Yeah, it's it's, it's Johnny's song now. It's not mm-hmm. my song. Absolutely. Yeah, so there's some interesting... There's some, there's some really good covers out there. We, well, you know what? If y'all want us to do that one day... You can email us at couplexypodcast at gmail.com. Yeah, that might be an idea for a future episode. Yes. Okay. Um, oh, I'm seeing a lot of, I'm looking at the list, and I'm seeing a lot of Garth Brooks in 92 with uh, Rope in the Wind. Mm-hmm. That might have been the biggest album of that year. Yes, it was the biggest album of okay, that year. Okay, yeah. Rope in the Wind was a huge album. Garth Brooks it kind of brought that, like, big-name country and, like, just slammed it, man. Like, he was huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in 93, uh, Billy Ray Cyrus. Ah, yeah, With yeah. Some Gave All, Not Achy Breaky Heart. <laughs> I think that was in 91. Um, that was one of my one of my childhood songs. Achy Breaky Heart. That we were just singing around. Yeah, there's a, there's a uh, tape, <laughs> a cassette tape somewhere of little me and my sister kind of Fighting and singing my achy breaky my achy breaky heart, and it's the funniest thing. Um, God, I don't know where that is. Uh, hope that still exists. So, 
Um, 95. Oh, we didn't even. Uh, Hootie and the Blowfish. Hootie and the Blowfish. That was the their, the top album of 95. The top pop album was Hootie and the Blowfish, Cracked Rear View. Mm-hmm. And I, I've seen them in concert. Um, oh, no fair. Yeah, it, they, they were good. It, it, it was kind of weird. It was like a very, like, small venue, mm-hmm. but not, like, so it was almost like kind of pretty intimate kind of thing. We were in, like, Lake Charles, and so I don't know why they came there, but it wasn't a bad show. Mm-hmm. Wasn't, wasn't great, but wasn't bad. Um, who did Blowfish were great. I loved them, man. And, and, um, Counting Crows is another one. Like, you don't really like Mr. Jones. I just don't, I don't enjoy the timbre of his voice. It's a little whiny to me. Mm-hmm. Um. I loved, like, you know, the Counting Crows. That was another great band at the time. We listened to a lot. You know what we listened to a lot was weird? We kind of had, like, a, a resurgence of, like, the Eagles in, like, the 90s. We listened to a lot of Eagles. I remember that. Like the Eagles came out with a new album, or they you might have. Or you guys just listened. To I think it. I think their greatest hits came out. Ah, yeah. Okay, that'll do it. Um, Matchbox Twenty. I love Matchbox Twenty, and that mm-hmm. was that was a great band. Like them coming out and Push was everywhere, mm-hmm. and Push Push is a classic to me. Oh yeah, that is a song that like, and my daughter who is sixteen, like, and maybe this is me my influence on her. Mm-hmm. And and that's my is my influence in influencing her on what she thinks is classic and not classic. Oh, you know? She's listening to good music, so she does listen to good music. Thank God she for has, that. She has good taste in music. She does have good taste. Um, I remember when I was like six or seven, uh, we were driving around in my friend's mom's convertible. Ooh. <laughs> and we were and Push was on the radio, and we were just singing along to it. And her mom got upset and was like, this song is mean. Because he talks about, I want to push you around. <laughs> Don't sing this song. It's mean. I thought that was really funny. Um, but it's, yeah, it's a great song. That whole album was good. Like the Yeah. Rest they, Stop. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Rest Stop is just one of those songs that it's like kind of tortured. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's so deep. Like, and it's such a, such a thing where it just happened, you know. Yeah. And he talked about it. He was like, that's... Um, VH1 used to have a show called Storytellers. Mm-hmm. Did you ever watch it? Um, yeah, I'm sure I did. It was kind of like unplugged. Like the, it talked about the bands and... But it was literally the bands getting up there and playing their songs. But then they would talk about where the song came from. Oh, okay, that's cool. And he was like talking about how he was like young and in Florida and hitchhiking. I'm thinking of Behind the Music. Yeah. Yeah. And Pop-Up Video was another one. Oh, I miss Pop-Up Video <laughs> so much. Um, yeah. Um... But yeah, I love songs like that that just tell such a vivid story mm-hmm. through just a little bit of lyrics. Yeah. Um, what's that song? Pearl Jam actually sang it. I think it was a, a it was a cover. Pearl Jam covered it. Um, oh, the one of the wreck. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is a cover. Yeah, that will make me cry every time. It's just, yeah, it's just so simple in mm-hmm. its language, but just the emotion. It's just awesome. Um, have you ever, th- speaking of Pearl Jam, mm-hmm. um, have you ever heard, like, there's a mis, uh, uh, misheard lyrics to Yellow Better? No. Okay. <laughs> YouTube it. Okay. It's hilarious because it, like, comes up with pictures and images while he's singing. Mm-hmm. So, have you, you, you know... Uh, Yellow Lead Better, right? It's it's like one of their more famous songs, and you really can't understand. Yeah, what it's Ed, the one where you can't understand what he's saying at all. Yeah, 
<laughs> and he's like, brown runway. <laughs> and, Nicole, and he's like, make me fries. <laughs> make me fries. It's literally like, and what you hear at one time with the imagery, it will change the way you listen to that song every time. And every time he hits that and it goes into that guitar riff, you'll be like, make me fries. What's a lead better? I, I have no idea. Is it yellow lead like L-E-D and then better? Or is lead better one word? I always liked Better Man by them. That was a really good song mm-hmm. by Can't find a better man. All right. Yeah. Um, anyway, so. All right. Your turn. Give me give me why. The 2000s to 2010s. All right. I'm not really. Let's see. Let me scroll down to 2000s and 2010s. Oh, you can go through the rest of our list. In the oh, yeah. If you let want me to. go through. Yeah. Let me give homage to the top charted songs of the 90s. Let's see, which one I, okay, so 90, as I said, was Hold On by Wilson Phillips. 91 is Everything I Do by Brian Adams. 92 is End of the Road by Boys to Men. Did you know that song? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, um, it was, it was a big song. Cool. Uh, then 93 was I Will Always Love You. 94, The Sign by Ace of Bass. 95, Gangster's Paradise by Coolio. Mm-hmm. Along with the movie, it, it went with the soundtrack. Mm-hmm. Um, 96, The Marcarena. Um, yeah, that was bad. By Los Del Rio. Which that, was that, that was bad. That was bad. I'm not, I'm not. Freaking everywhere. I, I don't know how that happened. How does that happen? Um, <laughs> 97 was Candle in the Wind and Something About the Way You Look Tonight by Elton John. Well, you know, you had Princess die. That's true. Oh, yeah. Did she die in 97? Yeah, because that's when he wrote Candle in the Wind. Oh, yeah. Uh, 98 was Too Close by Next. Do you know that song? Mm-hmm. Okay. I don't, I'm not sure with it. And 99, do you want to take a guess? Oh, man. On the cusp of the, of the millennium. I don't think it's Prince's. No, it's not Prince. Um, I'm going to say, I, I don't know. It, it's very late in the, I feel it'll be super poppy. So Yeah, top pop song. So something by like, Britney Spears. No. Okay. What you got? It's Believe by Cher. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I remember vividly her, that music video playing on VH1 all the time. All right, so the 2000s. I can't really speak for the pop, the pop genre of the 2000s because I didn't really listen to the pop, a lot of pop in the 2000s. And 2010s? It was weird because I don't remember. Well, I don't remember listening to a lot of pop then either. Because uh, alternative, I think the 2000s was a great time for alternative. You you had new metal coming mm-hmm. out, and yeah. and this actually starts I think in the late 90s, mm-hmm. um, because like in the late 90s you already have Limp Biscuit coming out. All bands of the 2000s. But uh, um, the 2000s, you know, the first, what I think of when I hit 2000s is um, Linkin Park. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm pulling up a list because I can't remember all of them. So, yeah, we've got, I've got the top 10 best alternative rock bands of the 2000s. Okay. Um, number 10, we were just listening to these guys, the Gorillas. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, yeah, they came out with uh, 
Feel Good Ink. Feel Good Ink, man. That's just a good song. It is a good song, yeah. Um, some could argue it's wildly overplayed, but... It was at the time, but I'm not going to... like. That's the great thing about some songs being wildly overplayed at the si- time, and then 10 years later when it becomes classic and you hear it again, you're like, yeah, I, can mm-hmm. get, I liked this song. Yeah. Honestly, it was a song that I never got tired of because it was... It's not a repetitive song, really. And, and it's, it's got great energy through the whole thing. It does, yeah, and it and it has and it you know com, it combines genres, mm-hmm. um, a, like a, a genre bending song is always really cool as long as it's not country and rap, <laughs> but anything else. <laughs> don't don't combine those. those don't, don't, don't don't do it. Country, country people stop trying to take rap. Yeah, stop it, stop it. Rap people do not <laughs> want country. I don't think country plus rap equals crap. That's just a fact. Um, yeah. So, um, and uh, Clint Eastwood. Yeah, Clint yeah. Eastwood. Mm-hmm. Number nine. I argue whether or not this is a rock band. This is a rock band versus an alternative band. It's Three Days Grace. Okay, so so we're going to have to like narrow this down. Because, okay, I think through the 90s and especially in the 2000s, we're starting to blend. And we're starting to, di- I shouldn't say blend, diversify what we categorize music as. Right. So because like in the 90s you get grunge. You have rock, you have pop, you have obviously country is its own thing. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to just leave country as it's out. We're not going to get into the subgenre of country. Yeah. Because we just, I can't speak intelligently about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't I, know anything about it. I, I really don't know. I could speak a little more intelligently on the other. Like, Garth Brooks, that's all I know. Yeah. Um, but like what, what the difference between like alternative and rock is right you know and when does that become a a thing or and then there's pop rock and then yeah and now you got punk rock Mm -hmm. punk rock would be green day pop rock would be like nickelback um or uh oh what was that default Mm -hmm. um there yeah they had a couple singles okay so where do you where's rock fall as yeah, like, what's rock in the... What is rock? Yeah, in the... In is the it 2000s? Seether? Yeah, it can be Seether. Um, or are they alternative? No, Seether I don't think is alternative. Seether okay. is rock all the way. Okay. Um, I think Three Days Grace and Seether are more rock bands than alternative bands. See, and, and so what is your alternative? Uh, my alternative is like... Uh, like the Gorillas. The Gorillas, the Arctic Monkeys, the Strokes. Okay. I think the Arctic Monkeys are more 2010s, but... Um, uh, let me see. What else do they have on this list? Paramore. I can argue. Uh, Paramore is more pop rock, though. Yeah, I put him in pop rock. But I put, like, you mm. know. Blink-182. Okay, I, I can totally that's, say that's alternative. That is absolutely alternative. Yeah. That is a perfect example. Um, I think they got their start in the 90s, though. Yeah, but they're in the 2000s, they had a really great comeback. Yeah. Um. I th- with uh, I miss you. Mm-hmm. That was huge. Um, you know they in, were in the nineties. It was all the small things. Yes, and that was a good album. And that like, was like right on the cusp of yeah. It was very late. It was like, yeah, yeah. It that wasn't was like right It wasn't like mid nineties. It was it was later. Because they were making fun of the Backstreet Boys. Yes, in their in their videos. Video. Yeah. Um, but they also had like in there a song about suicide, teen suicide on that album. Mm. What was that called? Um. Drive me crazy. But it has some pretty powerful lyrics Very in it. Powerful for, lyrics. For, for Blink 182 to be such a funny band. And do you think Blink 182 goes on to like influences 
bands like um, um, Fallout Boy? I think so. Yeah, uh, Fallout Boy. Can I, I think Fallout Boy could also be in the two thousands? Yeah. Um, I don't think they hit two thousand and ten. I think they're two thousands. They had some. I think your favorite song by them is is from the twenty tens. I believe. Which is this is uh, um, uh, we just listened to it today. Thanks for the memories. Thanks for the memories. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think could be wrong about that. Mm. Um, let's see. Foo Fighters, absolutely, absolutely. But I can, I can, I can, I can claim them too. Yeah, you can. Foo Fighters, Red Hot Chili Peppers, totally go two decades. Yeah, two Foo Fighters, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Bleak One Eighty Two. All kind of on that cusp. They they were really they were Even they were Foo coming Fighters out. Even Fighters are earlier because Everlong is like nineteen ninety seven. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, they were. I think they were making their debut in the nineties, and then they made a really great comeback in the two thousands. I would love to see them in concert. Oh, that'd be so awesome. I, I think Foo Fighters is one of the I few think Dave bands. Dave Grohl is like a super nice guy. Uh, you know, there's a video, YouTube video of him bringing an eleven year old girl up there and letting her like play drums. A prodigy. A prodigy, and she just crushes she it she yeah. crushes awesome. it yeah she and, has a great tiktok yeah <laughs> and when dave grohl like is impressed with your drumming mm-hmm. you've done something well because dave grohl is and for people who don't know dave he grohl was, he was the drummer for nirvana right and then when you know nirvana has uh, uh kurt cobain dies and it breaks up he starts his own band which Foo Fighters. Foo Fighters. Yeah. He wasn't really a... And people were like, oh, he must have been writing all the songs for him. No, he wasn't doing that. He just... And then he made his own band. And here's something. On the first album, he didn't like the drums. He was Because he was lead singing then. Right. So he went back and redid the drums himself. Hmm. I see. I don't know if that's an asshole thing or... <laughs> I think it's just a perfectionist thing. Yeah. You know, from, and, I, I, and later on, he does it. I know, unfortunately, recently, they did lose their drummer. Oh, they did. Yeah, he, he um, I want to say suicide. Maybe it was oh. bad. Yeah. This is a band that I haven't thought about in a while, and I'm gonna argue that is more like pop rock than anything else. Is Our Lady Peace? I don't know that band. You don't know that band? Uh, somewhere out there. I know you're out there somewhere out there. I'd have to hear it like no? with music, and we can't do okay. that. Okay. On the way home. <laughs> yep. Ah, number four is Arctic Monkeys. So, yeah. Um, they were, they are, yeah, they are one of the quintessential alternative bands of the 2000s and 2010s. I think so, but, you know, I'm, I, Arctic Monkeys to me, I, um, like, I like one or two of their songs. Mm-hmm. I'm not a deep dive Arctic Monkey fan. Okay. I think they were just pushed upon us. Hmm. It was like you had to like them to be edgy. You know who wasn't pushed upon us and was a real thing was the Black Keys. Okay, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and I kind of put them in the same realm. Okay. They're, they're, they were both played on this on this really awesome alternative uh, radio in Kansas mm-hmm. City that I listened to religiously from like age 10 to whenever I moved back down here. <laughs> so In the 2010s and 2000s, there was a really weird like um, music, and then this just kind of speaks to music as to um, oh by the way um, going at the rock on tours the rock on tours yeah that was a Detroit they were from Detroit 
And apparently a lot of bands came out of Detroit during that time. Because Interesting. The, it, that was some other people. And then what? Like, the Rock on Tour is being from the White Stripes. Yeah. That, it, it was the White Stripes. And the Rock on Tours was an, a guy, another guy. And, these, and they were just friends within the same music scene. And I want to say it was in Detroit. Okay. Jack White. That's his name. Um, so, yeah. Jack White. And he's, let's see. There's a Rock there's White Stripes, Rock on Tours. And there's another band of his. Um that I must look up because it's going to drive me crazy. But these aren't all the same people. It's so it's like it's, different projects. It's he's Jack doing. White and other people. Yeah. So apparently, there's a big group of musicians all like loving the same music in the same area, and right. they're all like intermingling and making this this cool stuff. It's kind of like the grunge movement in like Seattle. Hmm. Um. God, this is driving me crazy. Mm. Loading so slow. Oh, the other. Um, the other one that I was going to say that transcends us, that mm-hmm. kind of goes from me to you, um, Gwen Stefani? Because yeah, she had no she doubt. from no the doubt, and then she became herself. In, her independent. Yeah. Kind of poppy and kind of weird. So you don't like, you're not a huge fan of her. I'm not a huge fan of her when she disembarks from No Doubt. Okay, but No Doubt rocks. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, I think I was thinking of the dead weather for Jack for Jack White. Um he had he did the White Stripes. Uh, he's had multiple, like many different um, band groups that he's started. The White Stripes, the Dead Weather, Goober and the Peas, which is only for '95, Two Star Tabernacle, the Rock on Tours, the Go, and then the Upholsterers. Um, the ones that the ones that are still the projects that are still um, active are the Dead Weather and the Rock on Tours. There was also in the I think this is a 2000, so I'm going to give this one to you. Um, a, um, oh, Chris Cornell when he, and Chris Cornell was such a great yeah. musician. God. We didn't, yeah, we didn't talk about Soundgarden or, um. No. What was the other band? Um, you have Temple of a Dog, you have Soundgarden. Mm-hmm. Um, um, later on, he, um, he did where he took the members of, um. Chris Cornell bands. Why are. Why he do had memories suck so much. From, uh, yeah, I know. <laughs> it's because we're drinking and we're at that point now. Audio Slave. I, that's where I was going yes, with that. 2001 to 2007. Definitive 2000s. Okay, so you have Audio Slave. And Audio, Audio Slave, Slave was great. Audio Slave I, I was mean, the shit. I mean, God dang, that was just a freaking great band. Mm-hmm. And I think it was all people from the 90s, by the way. Because <laughs> I think it's it's him and Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. Or Velvet Revolver was there too. God, Soundgarden was from 84 to 2019. Allison Chains. Yeah. That's just quintessential 90s. I'm crying because Chris Cornell's not here <laughs> anymore. Ah! Do you, um, have you ever seen... Uh, I know you've seen it. The cover of Nothing Compares to You? Nothing Compares, man. Just just crushed it. My heart. Yeah. Just crushed it. Oh, man. You know who wrote that song? It wasn't Sinead O'Connor? Prince. It was Prince, yeah. I hear that a lot, that it was Prince. Um, all right, so number four was the Arctic Monkeys. Number three, the, right, the White Stripes. Yeah. Uh, number two, the Killers. Oh, I love the Killers. Everywhere. Absolutely yeah. everywhere. Mm-hmm. And I could argue that they were kind of forced upon us, too. Boy, I, I maybe you know it more than I do, right. but I didn't feel like it was like people were saying you have to like this band. People just like this band. 
I don't know. I don't know what came first, the, the popularity of it or just the fact that they were they were signed on and just became super big. I, I mean, like Mr. Brightside, like the video mm. was great and it was just like there, you know, and it felt like good. So Muse. Mm. Muse. Yep. Their very first single, I think, is their best song. Um, Time is running out or something like that. Uh, let's see what number one is for Modest them. Mouse should be around there, too. Modest huh? Mouse, absolutely. Yeah, Modest Mouse. So are, are these all what you would consider alternative? Yes. Okay. Um, so I kind of call it indie rock, but alternative. Franz Ferdinand is another one that's probably around Franz there. Franz Ferdinand could be considered alternative for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. Um, number one for them, for this list, is The Strokes. Okay. Um, which they were just everywhere, too. Yeah. Um, did, did great just amazing. Um, so you, for yours, and, and this all feels like middle to later 2000s that this was coming out. Are um, your early 2000 memories more like hardcore? Like, is that more your Evanescence? Yeah, early 2000s for me is hardcore, Evanescence, Seether, Cold. Um, P.O.D. P.O.D., uh, Puddle of Mud. Um, Puddle of Mud feels like one of those cusp bands, too. Where Puddle of Mud is definitely a cusp band, but it's... It's more rock than anything. Yeah, but I think it came, like, they started in the 90s and really, you know, continued into the 2000s. Corn, mm-hmm. I think, is another one that was really started. Oh, yeah, loved Corn. Started in the 90s, but really came into their own in the 2000s. Mm-hmm. Um, I just found a list of the top 100 best alternative bands of the 2000s. Oh, God, no, we don't even We're not going to go through that, but I'm just going to, like, go through real quick. Ah, uh, Arcade Fire. Arcade Fire was good. Mm-hmm. Um, gosh. Yeah, there's Linkin Park, Muse, My Chemical Romance. Oh, my God. How could I forget about MCR? Oh, my God. He, they, uh, that was, like, my my anthem was the Black Parade in, like, 2015 <laughs> and 2016. Uh, no, 2005 and 2006 when I was 15 and 16. Jeez. Yeah. Um, there was another band that didn't make it big. But that I really loved was called People in Planes. Mm. And they were like from like from 2015 to 2017. They were pretty prominent in um, the alternative scene. Okay. But. But what? But what? What? But what? <laughs> <laughs> what is your mar? What is, like for me? My mar. Yeah, like your mark. Your mar. Your 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 your. What embarrasses you that this was part of our our oh. our decade? Because I will say, like mine, uh, begrudgingly, I do have to admit their music is so like worms its way into your head. But it's the boy bands mm-hmm. of the late nineties. Yeah, the boy bands and the pop girls and yeah, that yeah, that mars the decade of the nineties. That was that was what I was listening to because mm-hmm. I was a kid and I didn't yeah. know any better. The Christina Aguilera's and mm-hmm. and and Britney Spears. And, you know, I got to admit, at the time, I, and the Macarena. I mean, the Macarena is an abomination. <laughs> so is Who Let the Dogs Out. Yeah. Um, oh, the first one that comes to mind is Kesha. Ka, dollar side ha. Yeah. Wait, was she more 2010s? Trying to get rid of her? I'm trying to get rid of her. <laughs> <laughs> she looks so sticky. She's so sticky. Oh, my God. I think she's on the list of 2000's best. Um, best. Uh, nope, that's 2010 was TikTok. 
Okay, so Kesha can have the 2010s. <laughs> You're not taking her. I'm not taking her, no. Oh, gosh, the 2000s. Um, mm, I got to think about that. The Mar. Oh. Like, what did y'all have that you just, like, would look back on now and be like, <sighs> like, what, what about your songs, What your list of songs? Because we hit the Macarena in the middle of mine. Yeah, let me see. So 2001, or let's go back to 2000. 2000 was Breathe by Faith Hill. Okay. Con Air. Yeah. 2001, Hanging by a Moment by Lifehouse. Okay. I, I like Lifehouse, but I could also see how that could be a little embarrassing at some point. You know time. what? It's, it's, I'm, I'm going to put my foot down. I'm going to be definitive about this. It was Nickelback. Whoa, 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 whoa. Because you're <laughs> about to, I will die on the hill. That if you if you say bad shit about Nick, Nick, Nickelback, especially their first album, then you have to discard Theory of a Dead Man, Daughtry, and about 40 other bands that mm. sounded all the same. All butt rock is the same, and I will... I know. It's not fair, because like Nickelback isn't pop. Nickelback is a not necessarily a butt rock band. Well, they became a butt rock band. Their first album was good. Their first single was great. Mm -hmm. And then they kind of sold out. Okay, that's what happens. <laughs> um, How You Remind Me. 2002, best song. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to think of like a pop, a pop girl during the 2000s. That was such a, see the one thing about the 2000s that I will say, and it, it's not something you would have had to listen to country music went so over the top patriotic oh, with, yeah. with like, because of nine, because of nine 11. Yeah. Ooh, Toby Keith. Toby Keith. That was who I was like, it went to, right? 2000, best country song was do you, How Do You Like Me Now by Toby Keith. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brooks and Dunn, Kenny Chesney, Lone Star, Tim McGraw, Craig Morgan, Rodney, Rodney Atkins. I don't know. Um, that was the first one I couldn't tell you. 2008, James Otto. Had no clue. 2009, Lady Antebellum, which is now just Lady A because they're... Because of wokeness. Because of BLM, and it had to happen because that shit is just really fucking offensive. Um, it's a period of time. I know, but it's yeah. just, it's enough. It's enough already with the, with the uh, Confederate throwbacks. It's enough. We don't need to get into this argument. <laughs> we don't, but, but by telling people don't do stuff, that's what gives rise to popularism. You don't like the trumpets? This is what gives them power. The more you, you tell them you have to think this certain way, instead of just being The like, more crazy they become and then they storm the Capitol? Yeah. But <laughs> the more crazy they become, the more crazy the other side comes and says, mm. y'all are being even... See why we have to take away how people think? Mm-hmm. So let people think whatever they want to. If you want to be Lady Adam Beldum, be it. Pop. Trying to remember, what were some really bad pop songs of the of the two thousands? Um. Okay. You know what? I will say some of the the one of the most insufferable um songs for me was by Gwen Stefani, and it was Hollaback Girl. Okay. 
You had a lot of um, Beyonce in the early 2000s, didn't you? You do. Um, I don't think I can touch Beyonce. She's it's just, so hard. She's, she's like so, so loved. She's so far behi- beyond us. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see. Toxic by Britney Spears. Yeah. Um, ah, yeah Coldplay is 2000s. Yellow is uh, in But it was all yellow. Yes. Oh, yeah, I had Ke- um, Kanye West. Yeah, Kanye West before he went total batshit crazy. I'm going to go with, like, y'all have the 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 not good Green Day. You're going to argue that, yeah. Um, I will say it was definitely a very different Green Day. It was a damn the man. Uh, it was more political. Yeah, it was definitely a, like, fuck the government sort of. We hate persona. George Bush. Yeah. Um, I'm going to. Pull up top 10 worst songs of the 2000s and see what we get. Boy, you want to talk about somebody who, like, um, a band that has just, like, transcended time is U2. Yeah, and even though I'm not a big fan. You're, you're not a big fan. but I'm like, not. I mean, Beautiful Day is 2000, but you go back in the mid-80s and you got the Joshua Tree album. And I have to own this one. In 2000, Baha Men came out with Who Let the Dogs Out. Ah, that was you. You know who I did? You know, y'all's, y'all's music isn't bad. Um, it's it's good. Um, there's a lot of good stuff in here. I'm looking through. I'm, I'm just um, kind of um, the Fray. I'm a Fray fan. I, I did like the Fray. Yeah, the Fray was kind of everywhere. Um, I, I didn't like Amy uh, Winehouse. Um, ooh, I liked her a lot. The, the birth of Lady Gaga with Poker Face. Mm-hmm. Also, like... Avril Lavigne, I thought, was overrated. Yeah, I mean, I listened to her. Um, I don't, yeah, I think... I, I don't know, man. Uh, Kings I, of Leon, I did like those guys. Yeah. And they were late 2000s. Remember that, that crazy frog... Um, song by Avril Lavigne. No, it's Axel F by Crazy Frog in 2005. No. That ding 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 song. Oh that yeah, stupid yeah. frog thing. Yeah, in that video that was running around on an invisible um, motorcycle and he had his little penis out. Yeah, it was bad. Oh yeah, I have. Oh, uh, Photograph by Nickelback. Yes, horrible song. Absolutely terrible. Hate it. There are some songs that I like by Nickelback, but that is. Horrible. Okay. Um, I'll give you that. God, uh, oh, Jimmy Eat World, The Middle, uh, early <sighs> Maroon 5. Y'all, y'all had a really good Maroon 5. Y'all had songs about Jane, and that is a top-to-bottom good album. I have my Mar. Okay. I mean, I think she she was still with that band in the 2000s, and I think she became independent in the 2010s, but still came out with this fucking song. Ergie. Uh, My Humps, 2005. Wasn't she with Outkast? She was with the Black Eyed Peas. Black Eyed Peas, that was it. Yeah. Um, that song should die. All right, so I, I, I don't know if you want to speak on this. What time we got? Um, let's see. 11 minutes. Okay, so a couple of things. Um, do you want to – I guess we can do a quick touch on this. Um, rap. Rap. Um, okay. I have uh, hip-hop so, hip and rap songs. Okay, so my rap and your rap are probably pretty different because, like, mm-hmm. me, 
I see it as um, Snoop Do- early Snoop Dogg, Snoop Dogg, Dr. Dre, um, Tupac, and then Biggie. Yeah, you had some like you had the the major East Side versus West Side. It it seemed like it was edgier thing. to me. Yeah, it was definitely. I don't know. Was crunk a thing in the nineties? Was yeah. Um, but y'all's in the two. Ours is a little softer. It, it, now you get Eminem mm-hmm. is is kind of late nineties, early two thousands. His late nineties stuff is kind of his goofy shit. You yeah, because he's slim shady. Yeah, he's slim shady, and it's it's almost. Looking back on it now, like, I'll still, like, sing along with it and kind of get happy with it, but I'm also, like, it's kind of ridiculous. Yeah, that's fun. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and I'm okay with that, you know? Um, but it's... Um, 2002, best um, rap album was The Eminem Show by Eminem. Yeah. <laughs> um, let's see. But did y'all get into, like, some weird, like, outcast stuff and, like, that is that is your rap, Usher maybe, Usher R Kelly Jay Z, um, what's his name Fifty Cent, mm-hmm. Into Club by Fifty Cent was the top rap song of two thousand Nelly, Nelly, um, T Pain, what T Pain, yeah. <laughs> Uh, top song in 2009, top rap song of 2009 was Blame It by Jamie Foxx featuring T-Pain. Mm. Um, you remember Gold Digger? Yes. I actually enjoy that song. It's terrible. Uh, <laughs> there, but there was a lot of... Those just two men bitching about having to pay their baby mamas. I <laughs> <laughs> um, was literally just like Kanye, Kanye West and like Jamie Foxx being pissed off that they got to pay baby mamas. <laughs> They must have gone to court the same day and like walked out at the same time, being like, hey, "Motherfucking judge, <laughs> I gotta pay eighteen thousand dollars a month because I make nine billion dollars a year." But for rap, where it falls short, R and B and hip hop, we had Mary J. Blige and Alicia Keys. Alicia Keys is just such a great artist. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've said this before, I, I myself don't love her like. Music, I, it's not something I listen to on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. But I have so much respect for her as yeah, an artist. She is Because she is, it's she's like. She's so talented. She is just so talented. It's like Adele, you know, it's just. Yeah, you can't deny the talent. Yeah. Absolutely. Like voice-wise and playing the piano. Um, oh, God. The, all right, so maybe we have a few minutes for this. We hit rap. I don't know how much deeper you want to go into it. You got some more? Um, Ashanti. You remember Ashanti? Not really. Okay, I don't either. I think <laughs> I, I very very yeah. Um, did Ashanti die? No, no. no I'm no, thinking. No. Who am I thinking of? Oh God, what was her name? She died during a movie. She was uh uh uh. Crap. Aaliyah. Aaliyah. Yeah. Yep. And she was doing a movie, and like her brother ended up finishing it for. Her. She had just finished filming Queen of the Damned. That was the movie. That was the movie? I don't think she finished it. I thought it. she finished it. Okay. I think she died during it. And like it, literally, they, they put her brother in... In her costumes? In her costumes, in drag. Huh. So it had to be done overseas. Definitely not in the U.S. Because you can't do drag in the U.S. right now. <laughs> can't do drag in Tennessee. <laughs> um, Usher. Yeah. Did we say Usher already? I don't think so, but I, I got to like Usher. I... I, I He's fun. 
Yeah. He's fun in his own right. Especially early 90s Usher. Mm-hmm. Baby Usher. Baby Usher. So cute. Uh- <laughs> but we also didn't talk about, like, Stone Temple Pilots. We didn't. Um, yeah, we could go tit for tat for this one. We could. There's some bad things and there's some good things. And it's hard. It, like, it's hard. I, I, I almost think it's just when you're born. Like, would you come at age with, with you're going to think is great? Yeah. Um, I just, I will say that the 2000s, I don't know. Like, 90s pop is iconic. It, it's, it's debatable whether or not it's great or good. Or satisfactory. (laughs) (laughs) But it's iconic. Um, It has, I don't know if it's become classic yet, but it's definitely iconic. Okay. Um, Pop for the 2000s was, you know, Beyonce, uh, Mariah Carey. Still? In 2000? Yeah. Yeah, um, in late 2000s, Irreplaceable by Beyonce and... um, 2005, We Belong Together by Mariah Carey. Okay. I, I know Mariah Carey's got her start in the 90s. So, mm-hmm. um, And I've never been a big fan. Like, everyone's like... She has she's such got, a tude. She's got such a great voice. And I'm like, okay, she's got a great voice. But, like, as a person, she's so horrible. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm yeah, like... Yeah, she's such a diva. I'm like, yeah, she's like the iconic diva. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't care. And I, I don't want to like, listen to your music because you're a bitch. Uh, I'm kind of like, your music's not that great. It's no. just you going... <laughs> Like, I understand. What? Like, this was, okay, I I think this is, like, 2000s, but it could be earlier. Okay. Was when women felt like they had to, like, hold these notes forever in their songs. She held her whistle songs, her whistle voice. It's just, like, they, they, everyone had to, like, and I guess it started with Whitney Houston. Yeah, because she can fucking belt out whatever. Right. In, like, singing the national anthem and hitting that, like, note and, and, like, giving that little quiver and everyone's like, oh, we've got to start doing that now. Vibrato. Is that what it's called? That's what it's called, baby. Okay. That's a musical term. Thank you. You're welcome. So, but I hate it. You I, hate vibrato? I hate when people just do it constantly during a song. Mm. Like, you can have one climax of a song. Okay. I'm a guy. I only get one climax a day. <laughs> Except for the other day. <laughs> uh, all right um okay so you don't like vibrato i don't like a lot of it like okay and christina aguilera just constantly doing it yeah true but she's also undeniable talent yeah i will put her up up there as like the queen of the pop princesses of the 90s above britney above britney not Absolutely. at the time not at the time no but if we're talking about pure talent, hand over fist, like, every time, it's Christina Aguilera. Look, she can sing so much better than Britney Spears. Britney well, Spears can't really sing. I think it's mostly auto-tune. Yeah, but most of what we have now is auto-tune. Like, we don't have anything. T-Pain himself is just an auto-tuned, you know. <laughs> but we're talking about two different things yeah. when we're discussing Christina Aguilera versus T-Pain. All right, so, but I'm going to say, like, you just... Like, everything is, is generic and, and, and driven by, like, what is fed to us. Mm-hmm. And that brings us to, I think, I, I think the topic we want to kind of close on, or I'd like to close on. Mm-hmm. Um, what makes it classic? What's going to be classic? And, like, 
because I think you're at the point now where some of the, especially the 2000s, early 2000s, we're, you know, we're 15 years out from 2000 to 2005 or more. Yeah. What is, what's the year is this? 2023? Yeah. <sighs> so, mm-hmm. like, we're far enough out that we can start saying if it's going to, if it's going to stand the test of time or not. Now, I think the first thing we have to look at as far as an artist, and neither one of us touched on her because I, I guess she's just not our thing. Taylor Swift. She is not our thing. Like, T-Swizzle is not our thing. I will say my sister, well, she didn't, I didn't, I, I let her do this. She didn't force it upon me. I said, it was during a, a road trip, and I said, here's my phone. You may play whatever you like. And she's like, Okay. She turns on Taylor Swift immediately. And her, I think she played her latest, um, this wasn't that long ago, she played her her latest album. Mm-hmm. And I actually really enjoyed it. Okay. So she's kind of, she's she's not like, she's not pop princess anymore. She is evolving as an artist. We and, can say that. And, you know, as far as Taylor Swift goes, like I, I think early on she wrote her own, own songs. Early on she was country pop princess. And she wrote her own songs, mm-hmm. some of them. Yeah. Um, there is this thing about her like always writing vengeful songs about like ex-boyfriends and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Um, and, and, but, I mean, I'm not, I, I don't love her music. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like, but as far as like what she's done in the industry, I'm super impressed by and honestly, I find that she's probably a pretty good person. Because you don't hear a lot of bad stuff about her. No. And, like, it's not like Mariah Carey where you hear, wow, Taylor Swift is a diva. Taylor Swift is probably the biggest artist on the planet. Mm-hmm. Um, for everyone except for Keon- Con- Kanye. <laughs> uh-huh. Who apparently hates her and thinks she should never win anything over anybody else. Freaking Kanye. That was so rude. That was just fucking rude. I don't care who you are. You don't do that. Ugh. I mean, Beyonce did have one of the best videos of all time, but you don't interrupt. <laughs> you just don't interrupt an award show when someone's, you know, speaking and accepting their award. It's just rude. Yeah. Um, you don't, you know, you don't do it. Um, <laughs> I will say that um, Taylor Swift and I'm going to say it, Miley Cyrus, they have... Unique voices. Miley Cyrus covering the Madonna song. Yes. Um, Hush. Um, covering... Uh, like a Virgin? Like a Virgin, yeah. Yeah, that was... That was amazing. Wow. Yeah. I mean, like, wow. She... I didn't think... Initially, as her as Hannah Montana, I was just like, uh, roll, I roll. And I didn't think she could actually sing. But she can actually sing. Okay. I think, like, I think she could sing. Mm-hmm. I think coming out of being Hannah Montana, it was like, what is she going to be? Right. She had her little wild streak, and, you know, that's there's always the conspiracy theory that, getting back to conspiracy theories, that... Um, we were supposed to do that. Sorry, guys. Yeah, we'll, we'll do that next time. That um, girls uh, who signed on to Disney as children and are stuck in this, like, perpetual contract with them unless they break the contract somehow and that's why when all the disney girls turn 18 they turn wild so that they can break their contract with disney and be free something like that yeah i've heard but i don't know she did have a weird wild streak for sure yeah um i think it was just like her being weird 
Mm-hmm. Like, to some extent, I think it was just her growing up and probably have having lived a, a more sheltered life than other people. Sheltered? Uh, in, in a sense, yeah. I think she was exposed to a lot of things, though. I, But not in the right way. So... I think if you look at a person like Miley Cyrus and what she went through and where she is now and, and good on her for being where she is now. Mm-hmm. And same thing with a lot of these Disney kids is they're kind of put into a an, an incubator or a, where they're not allowed to grow in a bigger part of society. So yeah. They are kind of restricted to a bubble. Yeah. And then when they get out, and, and they've lived in this famous bubble for so long. Like, mm-hmm. their fame has just increased, 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 and then yeah. put this pressure. So when it pops, they don't even know how to express their, like, being out there. Right. Um, some do it really well, like Selena uh, Gomez. Mm-hmm. She, yeah. She was, I yeah, I don't have like, any issues with Selena Gomez. Um, the number, uh, she's a pretty decent singer, too. She is a pretty decent singer. Um, the number of, like, Pop stars and stuff that came out of Disney is crazy. Uh, yeah. Britney Spears. Uh, Justin Timberlake. Christina Aguilera. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tatiana Ali. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ali. Is that her last name? Tatiana. We'll just call her Tatiana. Tatiana Ali was Muhammad Ali's daughter. Okay. Then that's the, the, that's the wrong last name. I am sorry. Okay. We'll just call her Tatiana. Okay. <laughs> um, it was really funny because I... Uh, um. I, this was probably like behind the music or something on a VH1 where they were talking about her and how the the famous host guy of that that sh- early morning sh- was it late night or early morning show um, where like baby Christina Aguilera and baby Britney Spears went on and sang uh, for the audience. search something like that yeah yeah I think so that and was like a Sunday after evening show. Okay, I know Justin Timberlake was on it and he was country at the time. Oh, that's funny. That's really funny. Um, but yeah, he could never pronounce her name. Mm. He could never say Tatiana. Um, so yeah, I just think that's funny. But, uh, so I want to, I want to go through, yeah, let's talk, let's talk about like what could be the next, um, the next classic, but I want to go through up until like today, up until 2023, like go through all the songs. Okay. Okay. So we've gone through like the early 90s, mm-hmm. and I wish we'd have had the other list um, or through the 90s. And we kind of, we knew each of the songs, right? Mm-hmm. The 2000s, did we know all the songs? Um, good question. I believe, yeah, yeah in 2004, Usher featuring Little John and Ludacris. Uh, we Belong Together, 2005, Mariah Carey, Bad Day, Daniel Powder. Because yeah. you had a bad, bad day. day. Yeah. Irreplaceable by Beyonce in 2007. Because um, you're irreplaceable. Yeah, I know that Something like that. Low by Floretta featuring mm-hmm. T-Pain in 2008. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> at, <laughs> at every prom. Wait, wait, that's, that's, that's like apple bottom jeans. Boots with the fur. Yeah. Isn't that the one that Tom Cruise dances to in Tropic Thunder? No. He sings, uh, he's, he dances to a ludicrous song. Okay. Um... That was such a great scene. Yeah, it's really funny. Oh, maybe it was. I, I can't remember. We got, we've got to watch Pro- Tropic Thunder again. Um, Boom Boom Pow by the Black Eyed Peas in 2009. Okay. And then we move up to the 2010s. Okay, so of those, what are classics, what aren't? Like Boom Boom Pow, I don't think it's a classic. No. Um, 2000, Breathe by Faith Hill. 
Boy, no. No. Nothing by Faith Hill. But, like, no. Maybe Shania Twain. I mean, like, if you're into country, it might be a classic, but we're not into country enough to speak on it. Truth. Uh, Hanging by a Moment by Lifehouse. Anything I, by Lifehouse. I know the song. Mm-hmm. Of and, course you know the song. And I'm going to say that I've heard it, like, more recently, like, on a station or two, but... God. It's a one-hit wonder for sure. I've had a couple of them. I do love some one-hit wonders. Mm-hmm. I do love one-hit wonders. Um, I don't know. I don't know. That's 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 iffy. It's it's borderline to me on classic or not. I don't think it's a classic, but I think it's something that can still get airplay. I think it will be a classic love song. I, I think. Okay, so I'm going to kind of categorize my stuff here in, into what is going to be just pure out classic. Okay. Um. Like, this is classic, this is, for as long as I've lived or known, this has been a song that has been played on the rock station. Mm-hmm. Um, then there, we're going to put a, I'm going to put a borderline, and then I'm going to put a no. Because there's ones that are like, I could see that maybe making it, and maybe not. And so when I say like, a, like, Fat Bottom Girls. Yeah. Right? By Queen? By Queen, uh-huh. Classic. Right, you know, you're that is going to make it on any station. Uh huh. Lifehouse, I don't know. I don't know if it makes it on that classic station or not. Kind of depends on the classic station. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to play Fat Bottom Girls. They'll, I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody is on. You never thought like it. You never think of that it would be on radio. I would say that that Fat Bottom Girls get more airplay than Bohemian. Really, because I've never heard Fat Bottom Girls. Oh on my radio. god, yeah. Yeah. I hear Bohemian Rhapsody all the time. I hear Fat Bottom Girls way more. Interesting. Okay. Uh, 2002, How You Remind Me by Nickelback. I think if you don't, if you take away the hate of Nickelback, it makes it. Absolutely. Because it is just a good song. If we take away the band and it's just the song, yeah. Um, and, you know, I say this because a couple of years ago they had a new station come out, like, and, and like what they were playing. A new station? Like a here, new radio station. Yeah. Here? Okay. And and we don't listen to radio very often. No. Um, that's part of the thing about like our new like world that we live in. Mm-hmm. So we don't listen to new music very often. Yeah, I need to get back into the habit of listening to new music, because um, I I don't want to be that old person that doesn't know new songs, um, and I want like I want new alternative. Mm-hmm. Like I miss having that. So, this the. But we don't have a good station. We have a pop station. Yeah, we don't have an alternative station down here. It's just... Like, you have to live in a bigger city to get a good alternative station. Yes. Um, here, we don't have that. We have the pop, the top 40 stuff. You got the you pop, know. you got the rock, you got a lot of country. Yeah. And see, our rock that we have, it was kind of a, a station that came out, and it kind of started out pushing that 90s rock. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of that, the stuff that's older, 90s, and now moving forward. So... Yeah. And this is what I was saying in the beginning was you keep growing. So like this, like where we are today has all the music from the nineties that can become classic, but all the stuff before it too. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like, do you run out? Like you have so much more vi- variety when you don't listen to top forties. Right. And I'm going to say it's actually probably going to be much easier for me to tell Songs from the 2010s, which ones are going to be classics, mm-hmm. than from the 2000s. Okay. Because uh, one just popped in my head. Okay. And it's basically any any single by Adele. 
is going to be a classic. I I think so. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like, I think Adele is just it's so classic. Like it, it, it works. Yeah, her songs are timeless, really. But early twenty tens, like even now, like now looking back, we still listen to Leakin Park, mm-hmm. and you're not turning it off. No. And and things are people are still playing Leakin Park. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a band that becomes classic. Yeah. Um, I really hate like. I really hate that Evanescence became a one-hit wonder because, like, Amy Lee is so unbelievably talented. Mm-hmm. Um, she she didn't really like the way that Evanescence was going. She didn't really agree with the, um, the, the rock operatic mesh. She actually wanted it to be more classical sounding. Really? Yeah. She wanted more like a piano ballad than anything. You got to know this more than, um, what was the band with the cello players? Oh, Apocalyptica. Oh, my God. They were so great. Yeah. Yeah, we listened to them all the time in orchestra because that was, like, the only cool band we had. <laughs> that was our that was our heyday. That, that was, was our, our pinnacle. That was <laughs> our cool stringed band. <laughs> Apocalypto with the guy from um, Three Days Grace. Apocalyptica. Um, yeah, what's his name? Trevor? I have no I idea. Uh, so, yeah, um... <sighs> I'd, I honestly don't think much from the 2000s is going to be classic. Okay. I, see, I almost think they're like, bring me back to life. Mm-hmm. Uh, bring me a, to life. Bring me to life. Mm-hmm. By uh, Evanescence. I think that can can make it. I think that's going to be on, yeah, it's going to be on radio stations for many, many years to and come. I honestly think a ton of Linkin Park makes classic. Mm-hmm. I, think, I think in 20 years, 10 years, 5 years, we're listening to Linkin Park in, in the end still. Mm-hmm. I think we're listening to Linkin Park. I think we're listening to Smells Like Teen Spirit. Mm-hmm. I think we're listening to Lightning Crashes by Live. Yeah. And then I think we're listening to Fat Bottom Girls by Queen mm-hmm. as, as part of that, that classic. Yeah. That classic rock, you know. And, you know, I, I think that's just how, you know, I think we're listening to Bush. Yeah. Um, but so again, most of that is from the 90s. But I, I think y'all, you get some. Like, like, I don't think you get a lot of like Theory of a Dead Man. No, Theory of a Dead Man just wasn't that wasn't big enough. I, I mean, I like it, mm-hmm. but I don't think it gets major airplay. Daughtry, I don't think you're gonna get a lot. Like, we're rolling up here today, just like belting out Daughtry, like there's no tomorrow. <laughs> but you, I can't tell you the last time I've heard a Daughtry song on the radio. Right. Um. Yeah, it's on it's on your what two thousands playlist. Yeah, it's on my two thousands playlist. Gosh, yeah, it's just it's so hard for the for the for me to differentiate like two thousands from twenty tens. Because I think honestly, I did more musical maturing in my twenties than I did in my teens. Okay, so let's keep going with your list. Let's go to twenty ten. Like what else we got in the twenty? Like we were midway through. Oh, midway through the two thousands. Um, yeah, by Usher, We Belong Together by Mariah Carey. 2006, Bad Day by Daniel Powder. Yeah, you'd already 2007, said 2007, Irreplaceable by Beyonce. I've already said all these. 2008, Low by Florida. Florida. Uh, 2009, Boom Boom Pow by the Black Eyed Peas. And then 2010. Is TikTok by Kesha. I, no, don't even know it. You don't know it? Okay. It was fucking everywhere. Okay, <laughs> I, I think I probably would know it if I heard it. But, yeah. like, by name, I don't know. And then we get a couple of years that are, like, 2011 and 2012 
you kind of have this mesh of really good pop and really good rock and really good alternative like coming together. Um, so 2011 was Rolling in the Deep by Adele. Okay. 2012, Somebody That I Used to Know by Gautier. But not a band from the U.S. They're Australian. Right. Okay, go ahead. But still, like, yeah, uh, no, really no, no, good no. alternative band. No, 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 no great. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, 2013, <laughs> Thrift Shop <laughs> by Macklemore. Yeah. Um, Does that make classic... I think it. I think it's like car wash. It's gonna be in that realm. Okay, almost it's, like the Macarena or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's like, gonna it's be. Going, it's gonna be played at weddings, like after the chicken dance. Yeah, it's gonna be goofy, goofy shit. Um, yeah, car wash, Macarena, thrift shop, for sure. Um, <laughs> Twenty fourteen is Happy by Pharrell Williams, and that was you know Despicable Me. Like that's what made it big. Yeah, I, I, it wasn't my, it wasn't my jam. Mm-hmm. Um. 2015, Uptown Funk. I don't like it. You don't like Uptown Funk? No. Why? I don't know. It just... You dance to it like crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but like, other than dancing to it, I don't want to ever listen to it. Really? So what about it turns you off? I don't know. I'm... Well, first off, I'm not a huge... Like, I don't... I don't listen to funk on my regular. Okay. Like, I'm not a funk fan. Okay. Um, I grew up with funk. So that's that's part of it. Like, it, it's fun to dance to, but to me, it's not fun to listen to. Mm-hmm. It's, okay. But you know my style of music. I love, love lyrically driven music. Mm-hmm. Um, that's yeah. that's why I'm, like, such a big fan of Tate. Of who? The Airborne Toxic Event. Oh, okay. Because yeah. that dude was, like, a writer. Right. And, like... And that's funny, because that's why I'm such a fan of Coheed and Cambria. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yours is, like, graphic novels. Mine is, like, literature. Yeah. Um... <laughs> But it's original stories. Like, uh, I'm gonna okay. I'm gonna get on my my Coheed and Cambria soapbox right now. I got you. Best one of the best alternative bands of all time, and rock bands, and new metal bands. However you want to categorize them, is Coheed and Cambria. C O H E E D and C A M B R I A. Coheed and Cambria. And it is this. Uh, the lead singer and the lead writer, his name is Claudio Sanchez. And him and his wife have created this, this comic book universe um, about a galaxy far, far away. <laughs> uh, there are no Jedis. There are no Jedis. But there are there there is sci-fi. There are, like you know, magical powers. Um, there's a family, like, a, and there's, there's comedy, there's um, tragedy. It's all just a really good storytelling. And it's a really good story. Mm-hmm. And so what Claudio Sanchez did was he created a band. And almost every single album that Coheed and Cambria has released is basically... A, not even a soundtrack, but more of a, not even, not a musical either, but just a. mm, An accompaniment? An accompaniment to the comic books. Catch your passion. I love it. I love Coheed and Cambria. And I, you know how I discovered them? 
Да. I was in Walmart when I was 14. I saw I was in the the CD section because that's what you did. You went to the CD section mm-hmm. when you wanted new music. And I saw a black album with a bright red number four, as a, a Roman numeral number four, written out on it. And I was like, huh, that looks interesting. And I pick it up and I play it. And of course, I was in orchestra. I was a major orc dork then. The very first song that played was this orchestral um, uh, song arrangement, orchestral arrangement that was just so beautiful. And I was like, what is this band? And then it, like the second song turns into this crazy awesome new age metal, just, ugh, just like, So like almost like an explosion. It was just so awesome. And that's why I love Coheed and Cambria. <laughs> and now I'm stepping off my soapbox. <laughs> you can keep on it if you want to. They're just they're just great. And I know you don't like them because of his high voice. Look, hey, it's not my style of music. Mm-hmm. I, I've I, but I love how much you love them. I love your passion about this. Like like I I'm so happy that you said this and got into this because I I'm just I, I'm just I'm fanboying over your passion for this <laughs> other band, you know. I'm not passionate about a lot of things. You you really aren't. But like when you got on that man, I was just like, dude. Music is one of the things that I'm very passionate about. This is why I married you. Yeah. I love you. I love you too. Yeah, music is one of the things that I am very passionate about. But even like this, this is your passion of your music. Like mm-hmm. this is This is you, like you were just crushing, like like that's your heel. Yeah, and it's not. I'm not the only person that thinks this. There's an entire Facebook group of thousands and thousands of coheed heads, or whatever we want to call ourselves, just crazy fans. Yeah. And one day, so since the now, now I've seen them in concert, and they don't put on a bad concert. Like yeah, said, they're great. I am not. I'm not the and hugest I'm sorry, fan. We, we should have gone into the into the pit. Yeah, like we should have gone to the front, and I, you I could have felt the energy. Yeah, that that's one thing about a, a, a concert. We kind of sat in the back. You you didn't. I was super f- comfy. Yeah, and you didn't want to feel the energy, and so like it, it was like my fifth time seeing them. Yeah, and you know what? I'm there for you on this one. Mm-hmm. Like they're your band. Yeah. So I'm I'm totally okay with that. And obviously, if you ever want to go see the Airborne Toxic event, I will go with you. Yeah, and I think we both agree that like if we ever get a chance to go see. Um, You want to go see Incubus this summer, which I, I, I really think I've I've heard go see him, yeah. by the way. Um, but and, and that's a '90s band. What? Incubus started in the '90s. Yeah, the late '90s. Yeah. Uh, Drive. Mm-hmm. Was like '98. '98 could be '99. Um, but yeah, I've never seen them in concert. They don't go on tour a lot anymore. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. But, like, the Foo Fighters, I think... And Incubus, I, I hate that I forgot Incubus. Incubus is one of the pivotal alternative bands of the 2000s. They came out with, I think, multiple albums during mm-hmm. that decade, and yeah. they were all great. So... I think... So, um... Oh, you want to finish the list up? How is your... Stepped off your step? Your no, do you want to finish your thought? I, I No, because it's kind of like my final thought, wrapping okay. up. Um, so yeah, we're now in the 2010s. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we just had 2012, somebody that I used to go, used to know by Gautier and then 2013 thrift shop. 
2014 Happy, 2015 Uptown Funk, and then 2016. Bruno Bro- Mars was Uptown Funk, right? Yeah, Mark Ronson featuring Bruno Mars. Okay. Um, 2016, we're going down a hill a little bit, is Love Yourself by Justin Bieber. I, I, I honestly don't know that song. I don't know it either. Okay. I will say Justin Bieber is the blight of the 2010s. Sure. <laughs> uh, 2017, Shape of You by Ed Sheeran. I don't like Ed Sheeran. And that and I I always feel bad about not liking Ed Sheeran. Not he's got an he's got a nice voice. Like but he's been pushed upon us. And I think the Ed Sheeran that I did like was very, very, very early before everyone knew him was like um A team. Before he was on Game of Thrones. Yeah. Oh god, that's so That was really annoying. Yeah. <laughs> it's like let's uh, give him a couple of lines. Have him sing. Right well, off campfire. Like I feel like he just wanted to do it. Like, they didn't I just want to be in Game of Thrones. I, I honestly think he was just like, hey, I really want to do this. Can I be in Game of Thrones? Can I be in Game of Thrones? Can and I like, just, he was just like, one scene. And they're like, yeah, you're Ed Sheeran. <laughs> but um, the A Team, do you remember that song? Mm, oh, yeah. It, it's mm-hmm. literally about like heroin o- overdosing or something like that. It's, it's very. I didn't know that. It's super dark. Okay. That is a super dark song. Interesting. And that's the Ed Sheeran I like. Okay. Like, it is dark. Mm. Okay. Good to know. Um, 2018, I don't know this song, God's Plan by Drake. Okay. What? I do know this. Okay. God's Plan. I, 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 I know. I, is that the one where I only love my mom in my bed? Possible. I, I've never, I don't think I've ever heard I, this I think song. that I've heard this song. Uh, yeah, I know this. But we were in a bar one night. Mm-hmm. It was me and my buddy. I'm gonna I'm gonna kick a name out there, but only a first one because eh, who cares? Steve. Steve, we like Steve. Scuba Steve. Scuba Steve. <laughs> but we were sitting there, and I was I was single at the time, and I was kind of flirting with this girl, mm-hmm. and she said something about Drake, and I was like, who? <laughs> and this was like when Drake was at like his his, his prime, his pinnacle. Yeah. And Steve's like, he really doesn't know who Drake is. <laughs> And I really, oh, that's funny. I had no clue who the fuck Drake was. I only know one song by Drake, and I really enjoy it. And I can't think of the name right now. <laughs> like I, I, I know there's a line where like he says, "I only love my bed, and my mom." That's the only Drake song I like. Drake line I know. I think it's called "Going Home." Maybe. Yeah, that's from the 2010s. Um. So yeah, Drake. Um. But in the 2000s, Taylor Swift takes home a lot of uh, a lot of best albums. Mm-hmm. Um, wow! So this is interesting. I'm looking at the the best albums of each year in the 2010s. Um, ah, 21 make it. Yes, 21 made it twice. Once in 2011, once in 2012. Fuck. Yeah. Good job. In 2010, I said ah because in 2010 it was "I Dreamed a Dream" by Susan Boyle. Oh. You know Susan Boyle? Yeah, I mean, yeah. like, yeah, but that's like that was one of those we're supposed to. We can't, we can't not like her, even though we don't like that type of music. And by the way, Susan Boyle can sing. Yeah, it's beautiful. Like, I, I have no problem with that. Mm-hmm. But she like, should be like in opera or in yeah. Broadway or something. Yeah, but like, I'm not gonna listen to opera. Right, but we gotta listen to opera. Or it's gonna die. We gotta go to see operas. <laughs> we gotta go to theater, or it's gonna die. Uh, it's, do you think theater is going to die with Gen Z? I don't know because I know a lot of – I don't think so. Okay. You think opera is going to die with Gen Z? I don't think so. Okay. I think it all has a resurgence. 
Cool. Because one thing, I don't think you have masculinity as it is in my generation. No. So, like me, like I feel that people will cave more to doing things they don't like to try to like them to be more in line with how they're supposed to be. So you think that today's youths, today's male youths, Youth. youths are today's, excuse me, today's white male youths mm-hmm. are pretending to like more feminine things mm-hmm. as opposed to actually liking them. Yes. No, maybe. I don't know. I, this, is not a th- <laughs> this is not a thought I'm having. Like, God, I'm way too drunk to like try to flush this thought yeah, out. No, but let's go with it. The, the, whole, the, the question is, is masculinity evolving or is mm, it not? I think it's devolving. You think it's devolving? Right. What do you mean by devolving? I think, I think boys like to play with guns. I think boys like to play in mud. I think they like to do things that are boys. I think it is genetically, inherently ingrained in us to do that shit. And I think what we become is being told not to do it. I think we've been, whereas we used to be told don't play with dolls because it's not manly, I think we're now being told you have to play with dolls or you're too manly. Let them do what the fuck they want. And it's going to be dirty and it's going to be slightly whatever boyish. (laughs) You know what I mean? I can see that. I can see where you have, oh God, I'm going to say this and I'm going to sound so not me, but overly woke parents <laughs> who are going to overcorrect mm-hmm. and confuse the shit out of their kids. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like. I feel like I never thought when I was a kid, if it was boyish or girlish to go do what I did. Yeah. You know, I just mm-hmm. did what I did. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it was playing war in a fucking ditch. <laughs> like, like literally just like. I wanted my, toy soldiers, but my mom never bought them for me. No, like me and my buddies, like me, me and my buddies, my, me and my friends, we had gullies, these big deep ditches, and we'd run down them like they were World War One trenches. I had rubber snakes that I would use to attack my Barbies with. Yeah. I mean, like. And that's. That's normal. That's a kid thing. So it was never like, it was never a thought process like I want to play with dolls or I, no, like we went and we just ran in the woods Mm -hmm. and did shit like that. That was what we did. And it was, it wasn't, there was no thought behind it. You know, it wasn't like, oh, we shouldn't do this or we should do this or anything. We just did. And it was great. Okay. It was wonderful. Let kids just do I think, I think my generation has tried to do that. Um, I don't know what Gen Z is going to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. What are, the, what are the oldest Gen Zs? Are they starting to vote? Uh, you, starting to have kids? Yeah. Starting to have kids out of wedlock. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it's just, it's really interesting because... Um, Gen Z has grown up in such a a an unsure time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know how they're going to parent. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I just feel like, I feel like we didn't parent great. 
and it's harder and harder. Like, it's really hard to parent as a divorced parent. Mm-hmm. I imagine so, yeah. Because it's very hard. And, and, like, as divorce rises and separate families rise and stuff like that, it's hard because you can't, like, I, it, it's hard, first of all, to discipline your own child when, like, you're the you're the other parent hmm. because you never want to upset that child because they're your world and they're not with you every day. They can, they can, they can leave. Yeah. You don't want to have a bad day with your kid cause you don't get to see your kid right as often as you want to cause they don't technically live with you. So that's your Disney parents. Mm-hmm. And I, I totally understand that. God, we're just about to go on a tangent here. Yeah. It's do you, okay. Do you want to crush it. it? Do it. So, as a Disney parent, you're, you're a Disney parent because you literally don't want to give your kid a bad day because you only have so few of them. Mm-hmm. And you want every one of them to be the best that that kid has. Right. And then, like, as a step-parent, and you can speak to this probably yeah, because you're a step-parent now, you don't know where you're, like, where your your jurisdiction lies. Right. I don't. I kind of made myself a line Mm -hmm. to where, like, I don't give out discipline. Yeah. I leave that up to you. Mm -hmm. But, like, okay, go ahead. Um, I interrupted her. I, you did. I, (laughs) I am, I'm more there as a, like, not as a parent, like, she's, she's 16. Mm -hmm. She's about to be 17. Like, I met her when she just turned 13. Like she was, a, she's a teenager. I've known her only as a teenager. Mm-hmm. So she's in this, you know, wildly confusing time in her adolescence and she's growing and becoming a woman and, you know, has all these questions. So I just try to be that confidant for her. Like that's all I try to be. I don't try to be a parent. I don't try to be a, a an authoritarian figure. Um, I want her to, you know, respect me. But I don't. I also don't want her to. To like hate me, mm-hmm. you know. So I just try to be there and answer whatever questions she has. And it's hard, like from a um, a male standpoint, like a, a man's standpoint. Like if you have a stepson, trying to be like the father to that stepson, mm-hmm. yeah, you know? or the mother to a stepdaughter, yeah. You know, like, where do you, where do you line up on that? Right. Like, like, what do you do? Like, it, should I, like, try to instill my values and make this, this, this boy tough and what I think a man should be? But, like, he's not mine, you know? I, I, I feel a lot differently about, like, taking someone and making them, quote, unquote, a man, manning them up, if it's my son compared to someone else's son. Mm-hmm. You know, can you, you see where I'm, I'm going with that? Yeah. So, my thought process here. We're at the end of the episode, so I'm I'm, I'm kind of floating We're just a little bit. Dump. Dude, I'm, I'm floating a little bit here. <laughs> um, it, it becomes hard to do that kind of stuff, you know, where, where you 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 have this who you're going to be. So, like, how do you parent as we we have a society that keeps fracturing marriages? It's harder and harder to parent kids. Yeah, they they find cracks to exploit. I am going to, here's my hypothesis. I think we're going to see a, because my generation and maybe Gen Z or Zillennials, um, we, have, we are getting married later and later. I didn't get married until I was 32. 
Um, I am never going to have biological children. Um, so millennials have this trend of getting married later and having children later and having fewer children. So I think we're going to see less divorces because we're getting married later. Okay. Because we're, uh, like, there's this concept of a starter marriage because you get married in your 20s. Yeah, I had one. And you don't know yourself, and you change so much in your 20s that by the time you get to 30, you're a totally different person. And mm-hmm. You're like, who is this stranger that I'm with, you know? Um, so, yeah, I think the longer we wait to get married, the less likely it will you will it will be to get divorced. See, I think there was, and, and the starter marriage is funny mm-hmm. um, because I think if you're a boomer, you had your starter marriage and you waited until your kids were gone and divorced. Right, which is what my parents should have done. <laughs> and they still haven't. <laughs> still haven't done that. Uh, um. <laughs> but y- you know what I'm saying? And then like and in my generation, you waited until like later, but you still divorced. So mm-hmm. your kids might have been a little bit older. And then, like, later in my generation or, or the beginning of your generation, the el- elder millennials, is you had a couple of kids and then you split, like, real quick, mm. which is honestly what I did. Like, me and my wife split early. Right. Offspring was how old? Like, two. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Like, there was definitely, like, it was quick. Like, she wasn't sticking around for my bullshit. Mm. You were also, you know, you were in your 20s. You were a different person. Uh, yeah, I was definitely a lot harder. I was a lot like more aggressive, like, like not physically or anything like that. I don't want to say that, but you were it, abrasive. Your your personality was abrasive. I hadn't learned, and and I still am not great at it, mm-hmm. like being you know nice. Right, you're working uh, on it. All right, so we've gotten way off track on music. <laughs> so fuck that. Let's um, let's bring it back. Okay, so we were at 2018. We were talking about. God's Plan by Drake. I don't know that song. You know that song. Mm-hmm. 2019 is stupid. It's Old Town Road by Little Nas featuring Billy Ray Cyrus. Yeah. Don't do it. Whatever. But then in 2020, we see the light, and it's Blinding Lights by The Weeknd, which I think all of us can agree that The Weeknd is great. Yeah. I, I could see me listening to The Weeknd 10 years down the road. Absolutely. Um. 2021 is Levitating by Dua Lipa, which is a song that I enjoy. Okay. You don't know the song? Uh, I, I, I think I do. You want me? I want you, baby. Michelle okay, 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 do, 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 okay. Do. <laughs> I'm levitating. All right. Um, and then 2022, we're, I think we're having another resurgence of combining like, of like, join, not joining up or combining, but more like inviting um inviting alternative, really great alternative, into mainstream. So 2022 is Heat Waves by Glass Animals, okay. which is a quintessential band. I love Glass Animals, by the way. Me too, they, yes. they do not get enough they like, love. They are amazing. Yeah. Like, um, what is it, pork? Um, pork? Pork soda. soda. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have both. I bought both of their albums on CD. <laughs> Back in the day. <laughs> That's Sam Goodies. Uh, uh no, they're not that old. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's the funny part is I bought it on CD and they're not that old. Um, but I still have a CD player in my car because my car is, you know, yeah, very old. Uh, <laughs> so do I. <laughs> Isn't that weird that new cars don't have CD players? Dude, I remember having a company truck and I was washing it one day or did something and Olivia was like, offspring, was so young. And um, you'll have to edit that. I know, I'll have to edit that. Crap, you're going to make me edit the... Okay, sorry. Whatever. I don't care. 
Okay. And um, she shoved pennies in my CD player. Oh, my God. What did she, did she think it was a candy machine? I don't know what she, I think she's just. <laughs> she's just being little and being this, silly. Yeah. Two, three, whatever. Uh, we, I was still married, so. Oh, okay. Little not girl. long ago. All yeah. right, so um, here's the thing. Okay, so final thoughts. Ready? Final thoughts. Um, it takes a while to decide what's classic and what's not classic, mm-hmm. but I think that what is considered pop does not become classic. I think that it gets discarded. And I can agree with that. And what is not mainstream and is loved by people tends to be what what keeps mm-hmm. the and I think it's the cult classics. And I think rock is something that keeps yes. it has shelf life. Mm-hmm. But I think pop has no shelf life. And pop is so in the moment, and it's so definitive. Um. It, that it, it, yeah, it doesn't have staying power, and it's, it doesn't become, like, timeless. Mm-hmm. Like, Pink Floyd is timeless. Mm-hmm. Absolutely timeless. Yeah. Pink Floyd will always be around. ACDC. Yeah. Is timeless. Like, mm-hmm. you shook me all night long. Yeah. Like, you will listen to it every time. Like, like Absolutely. I'll, I'll, I mean, like, I don't know about you, but, like, it is, it is still here today as much as it was the day that it was made. Mm-hmm. You know? So, I, I just feel like pop... Does not become timeless, and mm-hmm. I'm I'm sorry, Taylor, and I know you're making a ton of money, and you don't care. Congratulations. <laughs> I I don't think your music becomes timeless. Yeah, I don't. Like no. you standing in an ice box, like in in a white uh, ice chest, standing in a in a white dress, looking at a sunset. It sounds like an ice chest. There's a song of hers. <laughs> Okay, you're looking at me strangely. I'm staring at Brian like he's crazy. Like I don't know what you're talking about because um, I really don't. Um, any more last thoughts? That was it. What's yours? Okay. Um, really good alternative becomes classics. Agreed. Agreed. Because I didn't get on into alternatives until like a lot of the bands from your era. I didn't get into until like 2015. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, um, totally agree with you. And I will say that the 2010s, I think, was a renaissance for alternative music. I think y'all, I, I think it, it was, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you were definitely allowed to branch out. You got new genres. Mm-hmm. And alternative became something that was mainstream. And you had a lot of, lot of really good bands. Yeah. And they got big, as they should have. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We'll see what 2023's, like, top song is. Like, we, we looked at this the other day, and, like, a lot of the stuff recently was, like, Harry Styles. Yeah. And we both looked at it, and we're like, I've never heard that song. Mm-hmm. And. Well, we don't listen. Like, Harry Styles is part of the top 40. And Justin Bieber. Ugh. Like. He needs to go away. Like, a lot of He this, looks gross. Have you seen him lately? No, He's I don't nasty. Care. He's covered in tattoos, even his face. Oh, he face tattooed He, he face tatted. He's gross. I, I don't, um, so, in all honesty, what, what becomes of this stuff, you know, like, it, 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 the, the junk pile of our, like, zeitgeist is Justin Bieber and Harry Styles, and <laughs> sorry if you are fans. Um, I'm trying to give Harry Styles a, fan, a chance. Okay. I'm trying. Do um, you think he's good, or do you think he's made? <sighs> he sings is he the one that sings Watermelon Sugar High? I thought so. That's an earworm. Okay. That's probably an earworm that will stay around for a while. Okay. Um, 
Okay, one last thing. Where are we at? Uh, it's been an hour. Um, we're, we're at almost two hours. Okay. <laughs> this will be another long episode. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Um, or you're welcome, depending on... If you, you're, you're enjoying if you enjoy, the shit out of this or not. Yeah, if you enjoy long-form media. So, yeah, go ahead. <laughs> when you, And had two people drinking and, like, Two losing people drinking and talking about random shit. Shit and, like, getting off <laughs> some topic and, like, rambling on so long. <laughs> so, do you think, like, um, oh, fuck, I forgot my theory. I'm done. Let's shut this bitch down. No, let me help you. I don't remember it. You don't, don't remember, remember it at all? I, I lost it. Sorry, I'm a, I'm a bottle it's of wine a, in. It's about music. <laughs> Thank you. Do you think, do I think something about classics? Oh, okay. Ah. I got it. I got it back. I got it back. Thank okay, you. You're welcome. Is it because artists aren't artists anymore and they're made? Hmm. Is it because... Like the Bob the music Dylan. In, the music, yeah, the Bob Dylans... Are no longer can no longer become big. Yeah, like like if you're because the music industry has formulated who we're going to like pop stars right. and rock stars. We're we're formulating who we're going to like, mm-hmm. who the public is going to like. Right. So someone like a and I know like American Idol tried to like bring this back, mm-hmm. but I almost feel like that was just still forcing it. You know, is American Idol still on? I oh, fuck. I don't know. I don't know. No, I hear. I'm going to say no, mm-hmm. and here's why. The internet, TikTok. We have all of these free forms of these, these worldwide free form ways of sharing information and songs. So you think the people who are on there who are getting big. Yeah, on TikTok. Right. So you think people can still get big on TikTok? Yeah. Like you can just fucking belt it out and get big on TikTok. There is... I honestly, okay, this is my, like, cynical ass. Okay. I'm about to be as cynical as a son of a bitch. Go ahead and be a cynical son of a bitch. Those people are, are developed by uh, corporations and thrown on there. Corporations have TikToks just like everyone else, and they know they can make you want to see this person by putting them on there. Mm. That's a conspiracy theory. <laughs> <laughs> I'm okay. I'm going to say a name. Uh, I found her on TikTok. And millions of other people found her on TikTok. And I can guarantee you she is not backed by any corporation because she's weird. <laughs> <laughs> or sorry, they're weird. I think she, they, excuse me, they, them pronouns. Excuse me. I'm sorry. Their name is Eniko. Okay. And their new um, single is called Jericho. And it's fucking great. Okay. It's this, it's this hip hop alternative mesh sort of almost techno-y vibe too it's it's very interesting i like it a lot um she and soul it's like hip-hop soul alternative it's really cool okay um you can we can listen to her on the way home uh, i'm like i'm about to, to say we're to gonna them, we're gonna listen me. to this in a few minutes mm-hmm. all right so you think that the internet and like tiktok and all these social platforms can increase like our ability to have independent artists. Yes, I think that I think it ended at MySpace. Mm, nope. Okay. I think that TikTok is still a free platform. Okay. Still free of the government. 
Um, that's why the government wants to shut them down. No, no, no. I don't think it's free of the government. I think it's not free of the corporate oh, interest. Free. Okay, I think it's free of industry. Okay, I have. Uh, I don't. There, are, of course, there are ads on TikTok, but I think that's as far as it goes. I, I literally think that if you are any kind of person who is going to make it, the first thing you're going to do is your your team at Sony or RCA or whoever the fuck it is is going to have you on a TikTok, and it, especially if you're especially. If you're not mainstream enough, if you're not a Taylor Swifty, if they want to make a person who is not like, you look at a band like Pearl Jam, mm-hmm. that's why 90s kicked ass. <laughs> they went against Ticketmaster. That's why they didn't get big. They went against everyone saying, hey, we're going to make you big. And they're like, no, we're going to do this for our fans. We're going to do this for the love of our own music, and we're still going to make it big. But a, a, a band like Nirvana, great band, by the way. I'm not knocking on anybody. They want, like, Kurt Cobain and, and um, his widow. Uh, Courtney Love. She said in an interview, he would have done anything to make it big. Mm. So we thought they were grunge, but they weren't the true grunge. If she's telling the truth. If she's telling the truth. The true grunge was Pearl Jam. Mm-hmm. Pearl Jam didn't make it as big, and they did make it huge. Because they wouldn't sell out to these corporate interests. Mm-hmm. And I think now you look at a, a person who's indie, they're selling out. Like the, A corporate interest has already like put their greedy little fingers in them and like said, this is your TikTok. Okay. Um, all right. I'll do some research. I think she, 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 they, excuse me. I'm so sorry. They look very feminine. They have already been signed by somebody. Um, but I don't think that's how it started. I think they had an independent TikTok and they just posted really interesting beats and lyrics and it became huge. Um, and here's the thing. I work in marketing. I work in marketing and advertising. You can't just will something to go viral. The people have to make it viral. So it doesn't work the way you think. Okay. It's not a big conspiracy. It's not like big corporations are are dictating what goes viral. That is clear that is purely by chance and by the people's voice. Hmm. All right. We got an argument next time cuz <laughs> I got a different opinion on that shit. Okay. Let's bring it and we will talk to y'all next time. We've run this way over than we, we should. We probably have. won't talk about that next time. We'll probably talk about more conspiracy theories and then we'll talk about that later. I got a conspiracy theory on that, but let's go. Next time. Cool. All All right. right. Bye, guys. Hey, do our sign-off. Oh, be kind. Listen and take care of each other, and we'll talk to you all later. Bye. Bye.